Hey everybody, Sean here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is the final week without Joe. It's the final countdown. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, final week without Joe. Joe will be back next week. And you know, when you get your host back just in time for the Halloween season, what movie do you choose to do? Bride of Boogity. That's what we're doing. Bride of Boogity next week. Um, so get ready for that masterpiece. Uh, so I'm so excited to have Joe back, though. I'm so excited. Um, speaking of Joe back, well, not really speaking of Joe back. The Salem live show was amazing. I want to thank everyone that was out there. Uh, thanks to Daisy and Andrew and um, uh, Matt. Um, those people who I spoke with out there, thank you guys so much for coming out, man. It means so much. Um, and everyone else that came out, uh, maybe you're listening right now. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but thank you if you are. I really appreciate that. Um, it was different. It was definitely different. Um, and I debated whether I wanted to release the live show or not. Um, but I think I'm going to. I'm going to release the live show on this episode. You're going to get the live show. It's about a half hour long. Um, And then afterwards, you get an interview with Kevin Lynch, the guy that created and owns and operates Salem Horror Fest. This is their first year. Uh, He's a super thoughtful guy, super smart, super thoughtful, and just a pleasure to talk with. I could have talked to this guy for hours. It was so fun. And, you know, his insight is just incredible. And he programmed this lineup um, in a really thoughtful way that you don't normally see. There's a theme to it. There's elements to it. And it's a personal thing for him. And, you know, he, he does talk a little bit about his politics. I wouldn't say a lot way, just more than our show has ever done. So, you know, if you're sensitive to that, a fucking get a grip and B, um, you know, it's probably just not the episode for you. Um, but I mean, like when I tell you it's like minimal, it's, it's minimal. Um, but yeah, I, I had such a blast talking to him. It was such an, it was so fun. And, and I thought we only like recorded like a half hour interview and I just listened to it. It's like an hour long. So this is a longer episode, uh, but I'll, I'll start with uh, the live show. And then right after that, we're going to go right into um, an interview with Kevin Lynch. And um, it's a pleasure. We talk about everything. We talk about the programming, uh, Lords of Salem, Night of the Living Dead. We somehow get on the purge. Uh, it was it was a blast. Um, I had a blast. This guy's going to do awesome things out there in Salem. So stay tuned for uh, more stuff out of him. And uh, I hope we can link up again. I, I mean, it was a perfect venue for us. It was. I, I wish Joe was able to make it. We would have had. A, we would have tore it down. We would have tore it down. Um, I, I truly believe that. Um, but uh, yeah, we had. F- I had fun anyway. And uh, again, thank you to everyone that came out. It really, it really meant a lot to us. So this week. Live show, Kevin Lynch. Next week, Bride of Boogity with Joe. And then um, we'll take it for there. We'll be back in the swing of things after that. We are going, actually, another thing. We are going to Chicago. Big Chicago, November 17th and 18th for the Days of the Dead convention. Uh, Joe will be out there. Uh, I'll be out there Friday and Saturday. All day Friday, all day Saturday. Um, and then Joe will be there just for Saturday. Uh, but we're going to try. I'm trying to get a a show booked Saturday night somewhere. And I'm not even looking for a show. Like I just need a venue that will let me and Joe talk out loud and not kick us out. So I'm doing that. I'm going to look for something like that. So all the fans can get together and we could just have a good time and hang out and maybe record an episode or something. And, uh, that'll be fun. I would, I would love to do that. So 
I'm going to do that. I'll keep everyone updated. Um, but grab your tickets to Days of the Dead. It looks like a fun event. We'll be there. We'll be hanging out at the Bloody Disgusting booth. Um, I think Tab and Jacob are going to be there for a while. And um, yeah, man, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun out there in Chicago. I've never been. So, oh, and I also need a babysitter Friday because <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I'm really pumped about that. And that's like right around the corner. It's crazy. Um, so that's it. Uh, if you can support the show monetarily, patreon.com slash I hate horror or store.ihatehorror.com. We still have a few shirts, few hats, and, uh, that's about it now, man. And, uh, I'm working on a new t-shirt for Chicago. So stay tuned for that. Not exclusive to Chicago, but I'll bring it to Chicago first. Um, <laughs> it's basically going to fund our trip. <laughs> um, so Yeah. Yeah, if you see us in Chicago, buy that shirt. Uh, means a lot to us. <laughs> so anyway, um, so up next, yeah, my live show from Salem. Interview with Kevin Lynch, man. Thank you all so much. I, I can't believe what we're doing with this show now. It's it's all thanks to you guys. So um, can't tell you what it means. So thank you all so much and um, enjoy this episode. That's a great thought. Yeah, I should record this. That's what I do. Um, all right, so I'm going to start this off. How many of you guys listen to the show? Anyone? Awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right. Um, what was the question? Wait a minute. Let me start the show, and then we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to just do our normal uh, intro here before we kick off. So how does, how does it go? Uh, I do this with Joe, actually, when I record the show, too. I can never remember. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Horror Show, a show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. <laughs> I'm Sean. Joe could not be here because of the birth of his baby. Uh, Big deal. Um, so I appreciate you guys coming out. Um, we had to shorten it up a little bit because of that. Now, I have to uh, settle a beef with somebody in the crowd right now. What was your question? Do you want to come up and say it? Do you remember the question? That was you? That was me, but she's embarrassed. 
That's that's like one of my favorite questions too. I thought I answered that. That was like one of my favorite questions. All right, so I'll get to that. I'll, I'll do it right now. Fuck it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no children. Okay, cool. Um, so that question is. Um, so what we do if you don't watch the show, we literally just take a movie scene by scene and make fun of it pretty much. Um, if we like it, we still make fun of it, um, and that's kind of the. Like, our website address is IHateHorror.com. And it's just to show, like, horror is so subjective. Like, no matter what, no matter what the movie is, somebody loves that movie. I love Rumpelstiltskin. It is a giant pile of shit. But it's so good. I just love it so much. Um, but I know that is a terrible movie. Uh, so, like, that's kind of, like, the lesson of the show. So we'll dissect anything. Um, so we watch these movies and we talk about them in detail. Um, and to me, I always assumed people would watch them first and then listen to the show. But I'm finding more and more that they actually listen to the show first and then watch the movie afterwards. So that way they have like the jokes in their head. But to me, I don't know, because I feel like then I'm changing your opinion. On it. Like, you don't want my opinion, like, even though you're all here. So uh, listen to my opinion. But. But like, I don't want to sway your decision on a movie. So I don't know. Like, I'm kind of in between. I think you can do it any way you want. Most of the podcasts I listen to that do movies, I don't even watch the movies. Like, as long as they're good comedians, like, then I don't really care. But I think you could do it either way. And uh, I don't know. Experiment. Experiment. Um, but I love that question. I think it's like a really interesting, just to me. Okay. So, uh, so usually I normally have like a laptop. With all my notes, I don't have that, so I have note cards. I usually have Joe, who's like a genius, um, and he's not here. So this is a dangerous game I'm playing right now, like <laughs> super dangerous. Um, is that too loud to you guys? No? no? Okay, cool. <clears throat> all right, and I want to thank Kevin. Is he here? He left already. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, who's running um, Salem Horror Fest, like, thank you so much for allowing us to do this. We really appreciate it. And he put on such an amazing lineup. This year, like, like, I just had to give him props. Like, when we were talking, like, I was just like, Kevin, like, he's doing this festival. And, like, usually these festivals are crammed into, like, two or three days. And it's a nightmare, like, if you're trying to watch anything, like, in, in a good amount of time. And he's done this, like, multiple-week event. And it just allows everyone to be able to at least check out some of it, let alone, you know, all of it. So I really appreciate that. Um, how many people are local to Salem? You guys are locals? Oh, um, Salem is, I come up here every year, so I was like super pumped about performing in Salem. My mom's like the proudest mom of all time because she, she, we, she raised us Irish Catholic and then one day was like, I'm a witch, and then started coming up to Salem every year. And I was like, oh, that's, that's fucking weird. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty sure you made me go to midnight mass a lot when I was a kid for Christmas, like a lot. And now she's like, Whatever. So she uh, she like kept asking us to come up with her, and I finally ended up doing it. And I was just like so like thrown back, like like girls in old clothes running up to me, like trying to sell me acorns and stuff. And I was just like, "What is this? Like, what is this?" So like I'll still pick on my mom for that stuff. She uh, she wanted to come really bad, but she couldn't make it. So everyone give a tear to Roseanne. That's her name, Roseanne. 
if you didn't know that. But um, <laughs> so Joe couldn't be here, so I, I was really trying to find like another co-host because it's just so much easier to bounce bounce off of each other. And we actually did a show recently with Corey Taylor from like Slipknot, from like from Slipknot. He's a hundred percent from Slipknot uh, and Stone Sour and. Uh, so I was like, oh, that would be so fucking awesome. Like, what if I reach out to Corey Taylor and he like comes up to do the show with me? Um, and he said, no. <laughs> so that, that was it for that idea. <laughs> um, and I'm really glad there's like no kids here um, so I can actually swear. Cause I was like, every time I ran through this at my house, I was swearing a lot. And I was just like, this is not gonna be good. Some parent is going to yell at me a lot. A lot. Um, so I'm really happy about that because we get emails from fans and I'll like read them and I'm like, oh, this kid sounds kind of young. And I'll ask their age, which I probably shouldn't, but I'm just curious. I'm so curious about our fans. And uh, like one kid was like, oh, I'm 14. And I was like, dude, like we just did an episode where we talked about like semen for like way too long. Like, why are you listening to that? Like, you're. I'm going to tell your parents, like, it's just really bizarre. So I was like really hoping none of those young fans came out for this. Um, but they are like really support. I love them so much. Like, cause it reminds me of like when I was a kid with like Joe Bob and stuff. Like I love Joe Bob as a kid. Like, I like rewatch those now and I'm like, wow, that's inappropriate. Like these jokes about like China and stuff are like, I should not have been hearing those. I should not have been hearing those. Um, but we actually started out this show as like a pop culture podcast where we talked about, we were called Guys Like Us Don't Die on Toilets, and uh, <laughs> a lethal weapon reference that we thought would make a great title for a podcast. It didn't, and the podcast was terrible. But we, we reviewed stuff like, um, we did uh, Family Ties Say Uncle, the one where Tom Hanks is a drunk, drunk Uncle Ned, and that was incredible. Uh, we did, we did, um, Oh, Saved by the Bell, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, we, we did that episode, uh, which, like, and Joe hates all this stuff. Like, Joe can't stand any of this shit. So, like, we, we were doing these podcasts, and he was just like, I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun at all. And then I think the straw that broke the camel's back was, I was like, oh, we should do one of those, like, a very special episodes, like those TV shows where it's like a very special episode of who's the boss and it's like drugs or gangs or something. Um, so I was like, we should do one of those. So I found one. It was like a top rated one. I didn't watch it, of course, at first. And it was called Different Strokes, the, <laughs> the bicycle shop. And <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so uh, the bicycle shop, <laughs> like we both watched it and we were like, can we do an episode on this? Because uh, this is about Webster meeting a bicycle shop, going to a bicycle shop with his friend, and the, the guy that owns the bicycle shop is a child molester, and like takes the kids in and is like, oh yeah, I'll work on your bike if you like wrestle with me. And I was like, oh my God, Joe, like this, we can't do this show anymore. Like this show, like if we keep running into stuff like this, we're done. Um, so we ended up doing like a Halloween episode and we chose like our favorite horror movies and like it was the best episode we ever did. We were like actually passionate about it because we both love horror movies. And at the end we were like, what the fuck are we doing? Like this is what we should be doing. Why are we not talking about horror movies? Um, so then we started uh, the horror show and uh, the rest is um, stupid mindless history. Um, 
So this show is just going to be a little more different. Um, usually we have like the back and forth banter, and now it's with you guys. So I appreciate that. It's a little more awkward than our show. I wish Joe was here. It would have been so much more fun. But Joe did contribute something. So I will be reading Joe. Joe did, uh, he, we did this once. It was uh, called 21 and Under, where Joe tries to review a movie in 21 words or less. And so we did it on one episode, and it was so good we never did it again. So I've, I was like, do it for this. That'll be a perfect opportunity to bring that back. Um, but we've also talked about, he's going to do all the Halloweens. I have them here. Um, but yeah, we've done, um, we do like really bad movies most of the time. And sometimes a good movie will slip in there that we'll talk about. Um, but we've done Peter Rottentail, which you haven't seen. And it, it good. Very good. Uh, that includes scenes that are literally out of order. Like, they jump out of, like, a man leaves a party <laughs> and walks home, and then two scenes later is at the party again. And, and it's like, okay, I'm going, I'm leaving now. And you're like, like, we realized it on the show, like, while we were talking about it, like, all of us went silent for, like, it felt like a minute, but it was probably just a few seconds. But we all went silent, and I was like, oh, my God, this fucking movie's out of order. Like, none of us noticed it until we were all reading our notes. So we did that. We did Dead Body Man, which was so bad. Our friend Paul, who's sometimes on the show, um, like this, it's so hard to find a copy of this movie. It's so bad. It's like a shot on video flick. Um, it's so bad. He took it out of the DVD thing and just snapped it in half and threw it in, <laughs> threw it in the threw it in the garbage. So um, we've done Texas Chainsaw 3D. Has anyone seen that? You have. What do you think? Texas Chainsaw 3D? Yeah, there's, <laughs> it's a little weird because Leatherface would be 60 years old if I calculate properly. <laughs> if I put him at 18 years old at the beginning, this takes place like present day, he'd be a 60 year old man like chasing kids and it's just, it's obscene, it's so obscene. Um, and then we've also done uh, Amityville 2. I'm just touching on Amityville 2 because I got an email about from some kid who was really upset that I didn't like Amityville 2. Um, Amityville 2 has the most like incest I've ever seen in a movie. Like just like holy shit, like like mind numbing. Like why would you even make this movie? Like no one's going to. Who does this appeal to? And uh, so there's like all this incest. So we obviously were like, whoa, we're not down with this movie. And we got an email from somebody being like, you guys just like mainstream movies and uh you oh, what the fuck oh he said he was so he we made him depressed because of it so i felt bad for that guy i felt bad for that guy but all these movies that we watch we always there's always like one major theme and now i actually look for it to it's kind of like a gateway like i can kind of get a feel for what it is and if it's on wikipedia and it says this movie has started to gain a cult following. It hasn't, and that's the movie you want to watch because it's going to be garbage. It's going to be such garbage. Every movie we've done like, that's been like terrible, you go on that Wikipedia, you could, like three people have seen it, and it'll be like, oh, it has a cult following now. And you're just like, get out of here. Like, there's no, no, no chance at all. Um, so tonight we're doing, they're going to be showing Halloween 3 and... Um, Videodrome. Has anyone seen Videodrome? Oh. How many people have seen Halloween 3? You've seen none of them. 
You've seen Halloween 3? All of the hot, but have you seen Video Joe? No. Oh, okay. Um, this is going to be a lesson <laughs> in 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 lovemaking from both Tom Atkins in Halloween Three and James Wood in Video Drome. Like these guys are going to teach you a thing or two. The boys and the girls will learn how to find the right guy, I guess. A guy like Tom Atkins who just knows how to make love. Their love-making scenes in this are the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, Tom Atkins, Tom Atkins pursues a girl that's 17 and 7 eighths, maybe, of age. Uh, and then James Woods is just full out naked. No, no peen, but like... Like just enough. Like you don't need it. You know when it's like that naked that you're like, I know what it looks like. I it's not even on the screen. I just know. I know what it looks like now. Like I don't have to see it. Like it's that gross. And <laughs> James Woods is uh yeah he's a piece of work in that. I learned everything I know about lovemaking from these two. Um, so <laughs> I'll try and do my best at like kind of talking about this movie. Like like I said, I usually bounce them off of Joe and stuff. So it's a little different with. Uh, just, just, just me. Sorry, I shouldn't like look at people and stop talking. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna start with Videodrome first because I have so little to say about Videodrome um, because it is, it's something, it's something. Are you staying for Videodrome, sir? Are you gonna stay for it? I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> uh, I love David Cronenberg so much. Like he is like, I just love him so much. I was just talking to a fan in the audience about this. Like, he's like one of those guys that I'm like, oh, I love Cronenberg so much. Like, he's so gross. Like, it's amazing. And then you watch like some of his like other movies besides The Fly um, and The Brood, and you're just like, ah, that's really gross with not a lot of reward behind it. Like, and uh, Videodrome, it's got a big following. Um, I just never, I never really enjoyed it. Um, and like, where do you start with Videodrome? Like, it's just, it's like ultimate Cronenberg. Like, dudes are pulling stuff out of their guts. Like, it's just fucking gross. Um, but the gore is like, it's like the most artistic gore I've ever seen, if that makes any sense. Like, like because the movie is like, I don't want to say it's like, who's the guy that does, uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> Who's the guy that does like Firewalk with me? What is that called? Twin Peaks? Lynch. Like this kind of gives off that like Lynch vibe a little bit where it's like, wow, that literally made no sense. What was I supposed to get out of that? And, but with like the most insane amount of gore you'll ever see. But he's not at that level of Lynch. Like it's not so over the top, but like this one's pretty, it's pretty insane. I mean, it's, a, it's about a video cassette. But tons of tons of uh, tons of awesome gore in it, so it's like that's actually kind of worth it. But then you have to see James Wood's naked ass, so I usually tell people to avoid it. Um, but there is a scene in that. There's a fucking scene in that that I love. You'll see it. It's like right at the beginning. James Woods loves porno in this movie. Um, I think it might be his job. I don't really know. Uh, and he's in a meeting with somebody, and somebody's like. Give him the briefcase. And like this guy picks up this briefcase, like the one in Pulp Fiction, 
and like sets it down in front of them and they pop the lid and you're like, oh man, this guy's like tangled up with the wrong crowd. And then he pops it open and it's just porn cassettes inside this giant briefcase. And you're like, all right, sure. <laughs> like, the mother load, I guess. That's what we all want to see, I suppose. Um, but yeah. Um, Halloween 3, though, I think is way more interesting to talk about. Um, definitely over the last few years, I've seen a lot more people... Like, it was like a joke <laughs> for a long time. Like, how, like, people just joke about how bad it is. And more, like, in the last few years, people are like, I love that movie so much. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit that Michael Myers isn't in it. Oh, wait, there's a kid in the audience now. I'm sorry. I saw one walk in. It's okay. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. I will try and not. I, <laughs> I try and I, I won't be an animal. Um, but uh, <laughs> that threw me up. Uh, so Halloween 3, what was I saying about Halloween 3? I was saying, uh, oh, how Michael Myers isn't in it. Thank you, guys. Uh, so yeah, so like it definitely has this new cult following, like Wikipedia told me. And it's, it, but it's like big. It's big. Like people were really upset. We actually talked about this movie in another episode, like an early on episode, and we both ripped on it. Um, and people were like, pretty upset with us about it. I was like, that's so weird. Like, I did not think that that was a well-liked movie in the franchise. Um, but it is now. And that's, it still kind of boggles my mind. But it's not bad. Like, when you watch it, like, I'll wait till you read Joe's review because I think he sums it up perfectly. But I, I really do, really do like it. Now, did anyone here, I forget, who hasn't seen Halloween 3? You haven't. Have you seen the other Halloweens? Yeah. Okay. So what are you expecting? <laughs> Tonight, <laughs> are you expecting a guy in a mask? Were you expecting a guy in a mask? Oh no, it's. I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it's completely separate. I was just curious. Like, I've never. When I was writing these notes, I was like, "Oh my God, somebody in here might not have seen Halloween 3. and they're going to be sitting there like all night, being like, "Wait, when does Michael come out?" Like. Like especially if they've seen the first two, or if they like they were like getting prepared and they were like, I'm gonna watch Halloween one and two in preparation for tonight, and then they're like, Bring on Michael, let's finish this story, and then they get this, and you're just like, Oh, cool, an Irish guy. That's fucking. That's good. That's a good villain. Um, uh, this movie opens up with like by far the slowest kill of all time. And I'm going to try not to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. I mean, I'm, it's fucking a million years old. So, God, my, this language. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to. So they, uh, it starts out with the slowest kill of all time. And you will see it when you see it. I'm going to stay just to hope somebody laughs at it. Because like, the first time I saw this, I was like, is this serious? I almost turned it off because I was like, I'm not watching this. Like. That man, that man could have moved a million times over before he was murdered. Um, you're also going to meet Dr. Don Chalice, played by Tom Atkins, who is uh, an angel with a mustache. <laughs> and he wears satin shirts under his doctor garb, which I don't, down to here, too, just to show off that beautiful chest hair. And uh, I don't think he's a licensed medical doctor. I think he dresses up as one. Um, I would give him, Don Chalice is, uh, he's a husband, he's a father, 
He's got two kids from a divorce in this movie. Um, I would give him an F as a dad and a father and a husband. So he's not, he's not lighting the world on fire in that department. I'd probably give him a C as a doctor. He kind of seems like he's interested in it. Like when his pager goes off, he's like, God damn it, and goes to work. So I guess he's an okay doctor. And then um, grade A love maker, grade A drunk, and uh, grade A creep. A plus, A plus Dr. Don. Um, and he is, like if this is your first time seeing this, like I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but like when I first saw this, I was just, I was like blown away by like how weird this dude was in this movie. Like he's just so, he's just so odd. He's just so oddly placed. The, the love interest is like, like I said, like super, super young. And he uses her father's death as a wingman to, to put the moves on her. And that's an interesting tactic I've never seen in my life. Um, but yeah, and it's this one too. I mean, there's definitely a theme with these two movies, which is, I guess, TVs can kill you, maybe? Maybe that's the theme? I don't know if there is an actual message in Halloween 3, but that's definitely the message of Videodrome, um, that TVs, I guess, will destroy you and everybody else in the world. Um, but this movie, just like the other one, also has, in, for not having Michael Myers in it, it might be the goriest Halloween of all time. Like, there, there is a scene that haunts me in a hotel room. When a, I won't say it, but this woman's face is gone. It's completely disappeared, so it's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing scene. There's, there's a ton of gore in it for a movie not about a murderer, really. Um, it also has the best James Bond villain of all time, so I can't wait for you guys to meet uh, Cochrane, uh, who loves tying people up to watch their demise in on TV and in slow motion and things like that. Like, we're gonna tie you up in this room. Like, I have this evil plan, and instead of just killing you and doing it, I'm gonna make you watch. And uh, he actually makes the guy watch the original Halloween while he's waiting for his plan to hatch. And all you can think is like, fuck, that guy is so lucky. Like, that guy is so goddamn lucky. I wish I was watching Halloween right now. It's. It was, it, it, they should not have done that. They should have put anything else on TV besides that. Um, and there's also one scene that I just, I'm like, just totally obsessed with because it makes me laugh so hard. Don Chalice is tied up at one point and he has a mask. Props. <laughs> he has a mask. He's tied up like this and he's got a mask. And there's like a security camera, like where that speaker is. And he, go, <laughs> he goes like this and just flicks it, and it lands over the security camera, blocking it for, his, for him to make his grand escape. And I was like, that was so stupid. Like, no one could possibly have ever done that. Like, that's just so dumb. And if you, <laughs> I read notes that it took them 40 takes because they, <laughs> they, they let Tom Atkins sit there and try and throw a mask on a security camera across the room. And I was like, that's totally fucking bizarre. Like, why, why would you ever do that? Like, it's just so weird. It's like one of my favorite notes I've ever taken on a movie was, was letting Tom Atkins try and throw a mask from a seated position tied up. Um, I didn't need to sit down to do that. I could just explain that. All right. So I'm just about done here. Um, I'm going to read Joe's 21 and under reviews of the Halloween movies. 
That's some other stuff. All right, 21 and under. So Joe has 21 words or less um, to review a movie. And I said, why don't you do all the Halloweens since we're doing Halloween 3 tonight? And um, he obliged. And uh, even with a baby, he was able to uh, do this for me. So Halloween, the greatest of all time. Simple. I like it. Halloween, the direct sequel to the greatest of all time. How many people like Halloween 2, by the way? I fucking love Halloween 2. It's like my favorite. I like it more than the first one. Is that that's bad to say? Or no? No. I like the second one a lot more. Um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. No Michael Myers. And somehow even less witches. Even more baffling is I like it more with each viewing. Which, that is like my perfect synopsis. Like, nothing about it makes sense. And yet, you're just like... I think I like it a lot. Like, every year I'm like, wow, uh, I like this. Um, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Couldn't this subtitle have been used for every single one? <laughs> it's a solid review. Uh, Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers. It has druids, cults, incest, and telepathy, just like Carpenter always wanted. That's very sweet. I'm sure John Carpenter loved that one. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. That's so stupid. Um, like, honestly, you make a movie and you're like, okay, I'm going to like follow up John Carpenter. I'm going to turn this franchise around. And you're like, fucking druids and incest. I need it. I need it. Uh, H2O. Halloween H2O. Hello, uh, Cool J gets shot dead on camera and wears gauze wrapped around his head for the next scene. <laughs> I hate that movie because of that. Like, Dude, he gets like shot in the face and then like you're like oh man that sucks the LL's gone and then he is in the next scene just with gauze with like a little blood splat here and he's just like totally fine like he is fine like totally fine um no no it's to it's insane uh he also did the uh, Rob Zombie one so Halloween 2007 if you made a two-hour film based on George Carlin's seven words you can never say on television, this is it. <laughs> Which I tend to agree with with most Rob Zombie movies. Uh, and then Halloween 2 from 2009. If you made a two-hour film based on George Carlin's seven words you can never say on television, part two. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm sorry Joe couldn't been here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, I really do appreciate it. Though. I appreciate it. Um, and hopefully next year, Joe will be out here and we can make funnies together because it's way more funny with him. He, he pisses me off. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy these movies. I'll be around if you want to say hi or whatever. And uh, thank you guys very much. Oh, I should end the show like I normally do. What do I say? Uh, for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, so I wrapped up the live show. I'm here with Kevin Lynch, the guy that uh, created Salem. Is created the right word for this? Yeah. Yeah. Started created created. Salem Horror yeah. Fest up here in Salem, Massachusetts. Honestly, like, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like, it's so long, <laughs> which must have required so much work on your part. And it's so, like, gorilla. And, like, at the same time, it presented, it presented like a big event. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is huge. So you're doing the right thing. I think it's like it's very similar to like what Joe and I are doing on this show where people, I think, 
don't realize the effort that goes into it and like how much work you have to put in to make it sound like, well, for us, we're purposely trying to make it sound terrible for you. You're trying to make it, which is way more difficult task, trying to like with so few resources, turn it into a mainstream event. Yeah, it was really fun. And I knew that, I mean, Salem, you can go anywhere in the world and people know, Yeah, uh, have some preconceived notion of Salem, usually witches. Yeah. But still, that's an international <laughs> brand recognition. And I just always thought it was really bizarre that a horror fest didn't already exist. And so I knew at least like in concept, like, okay, this is a prime market for it. It's, yeah. it's a strange thing that should already be. Um, but my, my background is marketing PR. So I have a uh, uh, experience like putting lipstick on a pig, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, polishing, polishing up, and getting people excited about an idea, yeah. Um, and then the execution is just you know running around like Kermit the Frog, yeah. making everything happen. And uh, I definitely, you know, in concept and in theory, you know, the the benefits of of doing a four week festival and really allowing you know, for, for one weekend at a time for visitors to come and, and, you know, get, get a piece of it. Um, it really made sense, uh, at the time. Also the two partners who were interested, uh, in working with me, the cinema, cinema Salem and PBD Essex museum, uh, were both really in on, on the idea. The only problem is I couldn't get them to agree on the same two weeks. This is originally going to be a two week program. And so when they kept pushing for, for a certain time frame. I, I just got to the point. I was like, "Oh, I guess I could do four. And um, yeah, it wasn't until this weekend that I really started realizing how much energy and uh, work that really was. Yeah, um, but worth every every minute. How much? How many weeks are left? Just is this the last week? Yeah, this is it. This right? Last Tomorrow weekend. is the last day. Yep. How relieved are you? I am extremely relieved, <laughs> but also sad. Like yeah. there have been a lot of moments, even despite all the stress running around, trying to make sure everything comes together. There have definitely been these weird moments where I'm like in a weird back alley taking shortcuts <laughs> to and fro where I'm just like, this is magic. This is fun. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. This is what I do it for. It's that sort of excitement in the air and, um, and knowing that people are actually coming out of their homes to participate yeah for sure and people are definitely doing it i mean it seemed like the people that were coming in were pretty pumped about it so the theme of this year or maybe the theme that's what i'm gonna get to the theme it seems to be like a cultural how would you explain it it's yeah so it came i mean the idea of of wanting to do a festival just in general came from a, a place in me of just great frustration as a direct reaction to the election. Yeah. Um, and I, like many people just got into a point of just perpetual screaming, yeah, unproductive yeah. screaming. And um, I, 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 for me, the thing that was like the, the source of like the greatest frustration was I felt like, do we not read about this stuff? Do we not like yeah. take, history courses and like read poetry and go to museums and just kind of see they you don't know, read animal farm we've like seen these themes and these warnings in our culture so often yeah. um i thought and i just got and, and being a marketing person i've always seen how sort of that can work yeah and how much power that has yeah like the the image and, and yeah. the salesmanship and i just got really angry to be like i guess you know we really don't look beyond like surface level as much as I had hoped. 
Um, and so that just reminded me of the horror genre in general, where, you know, John Carpenter has famously said that horror is a reaction, not yeah. a genre. And I thought that that was a perfect way, um, to sort of facilitate some of my frustration yeah. and taking a look at horror, um, in a way that kind of peeled back the many layers of it, um, to try to just initiate conversation, to promote critical thinking in general to just no matter what you're seeing any piece of art that you're um experiencing to just whether or not the artist's intent is 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 blatant uh, or blatantly political or extremely specific Mm -hmm. or if it's just simply a a response and and being a product of its time Yeah, yeah like this all has value um and so i wanted to create an experience where we're looking past this and touching upon themes of fear that um, certain segments of our, you know, of uh, our country experiences, yeah. uh, I feel like a big part of the frustration and the the this fight that that feels like this divide in our country is is people being like, well, "What's a big deal? What are you what are you so yeah. afraid of?" Yep, and it's like, "Well, okay." This is what we're afraid of. Like, yeah. I, it, like, t- you know, t- try to get into someone else's shoes yeah, yeah, yeah. and imagine why they might be paranoid about what, what's right, going right. on. And um, there's another quote by Roger Ebert where he, he talked about movies and cinema as being an empathy machine and how when we go to the movies, it's an opportunity for us to sort of live life through the eyes of someone else yeah. as, as a way to develop empathy. And so I thought this could be a, a fun way to tie something that's that's fun and spooky horror um put in a context of salem which has its own historical lessons um and uh you know try to help facilitate different fears Mm -hmm. and even if there's something that might not be specifically scary to you through movies we can imagine what it's like to have that fear yeah yeah. um and hopefully sort of foster more empathy in general yeah, that's a cool idea. Are you going to keep going with that theme, or do you think you're going to switch it up every year? Uh, I th- So our tagline is, to overcome fear, we must first understand yeah. it. And so I think that is going to remain intact, yeah. that no matter what we... Um, what we program, mm-hmm. the, the mission is to... Um, see what these movies, see what these movies might be saying about us as yeah, a culture, yeah, yeah. as a reflection, like Shakespeare said, hold the mirror up to nature. Right, right. Um, so that's definitely, I think a part that I want to, I want to keep intact. Now there's a lot of, uh, th- some of the themes that we focused on, uh, this year we could develop, you know, to expand upon or revisit, but we focused on the concept of American fear and identity. And so we've got black themes, gay themes, feminist themes, themes of um, mass media, xenophobia. And um, for for some of the programs are just double features, there's just two films. And and we could go on and on and on with with films within these. Um, But this year, this program is definitely put together with the election in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't think things are just going to magically change. And so a lot of these themes might continue to be relevant. Um, but I'm looking at things like, you know, uh, environmental themes right, right. and, um, and just trying to find ways to continue 
to explore right. fear and media. Um, and, and another component that I want to develop more is, you know, really promoting Salem as a platform for mm-hmm. independent uh, filmmaking. Yeah. And so that's something that we really want to foster too. So you want to bring filmmaking to Salem? Is that what you're saying? Or at least being a venue to, um, you know, share it with the world. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which I think, I mean, how would you, why would you not debut your horror movie in Salem? Like exactly. it's stupid. It's, well, we've done a lot of, um, short horror showcases that have been yep. really fun, really cool. And every time we talk to any of these filmmakers, they're just, Oh my God, it's going to show in Salem. It has this cachet to it I, yeah. that, you know, no one in the city for a long time has really taken the opportunity to, to turn that into something. Yeah. So we really want to be a beacon for the horror community, um, both grassroots, the independent filmmakers to come and get their start here and just get their work on the pink screen, but also for bigger films too, that want to tap into, you know, the um, crazy amount of foot traffic that we have in here yeah. and how everyone knows Salem, um, it, you know, knows that we're a Halloween tech capital of the yeah. world. Um, so that I think there's a lot of fun, and um, creative ideas that we can do to just like, you know, uh, share horror with the world. Yeah. Did you see Lords of Salem? I did. I hate that movie. Do you like it? Yeah, I didn't like it. I thought yeah. it was a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just really this, I yeah. thought of that and I was like, how do I not? I got to bring that up real fast because I fucking hate that movie. That movie's such a pile of shit. Wow. Yeah. But to his credit, he did a special uh, screening here did when he? he came out. He did some did filming. Did he film here? Yeah. Not, not completely, but no. there are some shots in there that are definitely in town. And he's a hateful boy, so you yes. know, he's familiar yeah, with the yeah. area. Um, but yeah, that's something that you know we hope. Well, I mean, we do hope people come and film more in Salem and Massachusetts yeah. in general. But such a great setting. It really is. It really is. How can you not? Like, I don't know, man. It's spooky as shit. Yeah. I just had to walk to my car and I almost pissed myself. <laughs> it was it was scary. Um, So how long have you been into horror films? Because some people get in late and I, I always, I find their takes a lot more interesting than people that grew up with it. Uh, I grew up with it. You yeah. Did? Yeah. I grew up on, you had mentioned Joe Bob. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah on the, and yeah. that was, that was, he was pretty influential in my, my entryway into same, the genre. Same. So you were watching monster vision and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And Elvira and, um, yeah, yeah. but it, so for me, like when I think about horror and many people is it's sort of like a warm and fuzzy nostalgic thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's because we have these horror hosts like Joe Bob Briggs and Elvira, they put it in a context know. that it's like, this is fun. This is silly. This yeah, is yeah, yeah, like yeah. scary, but like safe. Yeah. And we had a vehicle to experience that and not just be completely, I mean, I've been traumatized by films before, but like, <laughs> but it gave us, you know, sort of a, a, an entryway into it. Yeah. It was like a landing point. Like, yeah. Like you'd watch the ones with Joe Bob. I think that's what I don't think people give him enough credit for. It's like, so like he made you laugh at the beginning, then he threw you into this movie and like right when it was getting like a little unsettling as a kid, throw back to Joe Bob, who was just like, wow, that was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, it was weird. <laughs> like, it's not that scary. Like yeah. he just like looks you dead in the eye and is like, wow. Well, <laughs> like, it's interesting too, is that like just the, the concept of a horror host also like really i feel like it's a natural progression to podcasts because it's this this environment where you feel like you are having a conversation with someone you're you're kind of like tapping into their personality and getting into the rhythm of their jokes or their perspective and it um and then going deeper into the film that you're watching yeah 
um, that I think that, you know, listening to the podcast like yours, it's like, you kind of feel like you're there. You yeah. can feel like you're part of the conversation. Yeah. And, and so, you know, after a while you've been listening, you kind of feel like, you know, the people. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely part of it. Like I wished all I wanted to be was Joe Bob. Like it's, and now that we're doing this now, I'm like, well, why can't we be Joe Bob? Why can't we do the, why can't we be the hosts now? Like Joe Bob's gone. Well, we have. I mean, I get, like the great tradition of horror hosts is that there's always new ones, there's new voices, and they bring something new to the table. It's like all that—that's my goal. Me and Joe, well, Joe, I'm not speaking for Joe, but that's my goal uh, is to get us to that level because I think it's just fun, like to have somebody be like to share feelings with and talk mm-hmm. with. And our fans have been so amazing, and they just talk to us like that's awesome. And they, like again, like I, it breeds like this. We breed a really nice fan that's like. I don't agree with anything you said about that movie, but like, I got to talk to you about this. Yeah. We talk about it. And like half the time I'm like, frankly, I don't really mind the movie. Like (laughs) I might've said it was a piece of flaming shit, but like, (laughs) it's really not like, it's really not. Um, all right. So you grew up with it. Yeah. Up in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. What were your favorite movies? Do you remember the first one you saw? That's so hard. It's such a hard question when you grew up with it. Yeah. I don't remember what, the first one I saw is that I remember the first really significant impact that a horror movie had on me was watching Carrie on Monster oh, Vision. Okay. And it was, um, I mean, I was sucked in the story. I was definitely like a dorky kid who got made fun of, you know, little gay boy. I had a lot of um, sort of um, connection, feeling yeah. connections to, to Carrie in the story. Um, but it was the very end, that sort of cheap jump scare that launched into a whole bunch of others. Um, that uh, with Carrie's hand popping yeah. out of the grave, yeah. I <laughs> thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, what is this feeling? Like I jumped so far and felt like a, my heart being clenched. And at the time I was in junior high and we had um, this science class where uh, there was like a box where you can ask anonymous questions, oh, yeah. which are re- you know, really meant to be like, what's happening to my body? I'm having a hair show. And my question was like, what is that feeling when you're watching a horror movie and like, you're not really in danger, but you like feel like you're dying. And uh, so the teacher eventually, you know, on Friday would read my little note. And of course it was adrenaline. Yeah. But at the time, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what is this? How can something give me this yeah, like yeah, this yeah. reaction? Um, and I, I think I just got I got hooked from there. That's really self-aware thought for a little kid. Like, yeah, I'm looking for that feeling. Like, that's really self-aware. I have an addictive personality. <laughs> oh, 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 all right. That's my, my first my first hook. Um, although I, I probably um actually that's not that's not the first impact well uh, gremlins was hugely influential too growing up with gremlins i probably watched the first 20 minutes of that movie like 50 times and i would just be like oh well that was a cute movie right after the the teacher puts his like hand on the desk with the candy bar yeah i was like that that was great all right i'm all set and then by the time i finally got to watch the whole thing of course when the gremlins actually turn yeah the whole point of the movie was kind of like a rite of passage yeah yeah whoa yeah gremlins was the same exact thing for me I tried watching that so many times and like poor little Giz, when he gets that water dropped on him, it's like the most horrifying thing in the world. Like it's almost (laughs) torture to watch that. Like he's just pounding his little fist. Dude, he's so upset. And then shit's growing out of his back. I was like, this is not cool. Like, I don't want to watch this. Like, this is fucked up. This is so bad. Help him. Which is weird. And then my dad like starts showing me B movies like them, the big ants. Um, And then he like jumped to like motel hell. 
And Holy shit. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I don't know why he thought that was so appropriate. Um, I've talked about it on the show so many times because then he like showed me New Jack City like when I was oh, way young. Yeah, I know. And then like I, I think it was like I he must have just, I think he must have just been like like, well, I want to watch this movie and I'm sick of babysitting this kid. He doesn't go to sleep at night, so we're gonna watch New Jack City. And like there was some scene where the, the words were like whoa, like crazy. And I remember vividly like sitting there. And like to me, I was just like I was such an aloof kid. Like I just in one ear out the other. But my dad was like, Don't say these words and do not tell your mom you heard these yeah. words. Like yeah. th- and that's it. That's all he said. I was like, oh shit. And then um he also showed me the exorcist and was like, yeah, I'm gonna play tubular bells. Like I have the record of that song. And I was like, I don't give a shit, Dad. And he put in the atmosphere of that song. That's what's so great about movies, especially yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. is that it just like it capture it invokes this atmosphere and this tone oh, yeah. that is completely psychological. It's like intended to yeah. just kind of <clears throat> offsettle you. It's really yeah. It's such an yeah yeah. Because like you look back on that now as you grow up, and I like I find it less scary. But like really, like that could mess people up that movie. Like Oh yeah. Like that is a disturbing movie. That was one that I prepped for. I remember knowing that it was like a like quote, like one of the scariest of all time. So that I remember like kind of like mentally preparing myself for that and being like, Okay, this is a new step. Yeah. Are we ready for this? Okay. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Gosh. Um not like one to rule them all. Um, but I um, the fog, I love. Oh, you like the fog? I love the fog. Uh, ginger snaps, I really you like love. Ginger snaps. Mm-hmm. We, me and Joe have like conversations about these movies all the time. Those two movies, specifically. Yeah? Oh, interesting. I'm not a fog fan. Ah. Joe Bob Briggs is not a fog fan. Really? Funny enough. And I remember because I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't like the fog. And when we did our first Monster Vision tribute, I was like, "Let me see what he thought about the fog." And he was like said every he he was like speaking from my soul it was like i was like transcendent it was amazing because he was like he was like i don't know what's so scary about fog (laughs) and i was like dude thank you joe bob thank you so much and my co-host joe is an adamant fog supporter like and he gets pissed when I say that. So um, that's yeah, it's an interesting. I like it for a lot of. Re- I really like the the sort of like conspiracy angle of it, and like the the mayors involved, and then the you know the the legend yeah, aspect yeah. of it. But I think the ultimate thing about that film is the score. I mean, that is yes. a, that is a soundtrack that I will listen to for shits and giggles because it's like it's a, a late September night. It's you know dark and quiet. And I just want to freak myself out <laughs> and walk along the cobblestones, listen to the fog score. And it just like transports you into yeah, yeah, yeah. this world um, where I feel like, you know, there could be, you know, creature spirits coming in from, yeah. you know, the rolling fog or mist. Yeah. I'll be honest. I think I, I think I might love the fog now, actually. I'm thinking about it now. I just <laughs> there's something about because was that set in New England? Uh, where was it set? It was filmed. It was on the coast. Yeah, it was on the coast. It was filmed um, in the same place where the birds was filmed. Oh, really? I remember that, uh, which I feel like is Northern California. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not I can see that. Sure. Too. I could see that too. It it feels it feels a lot feels New Englandy to me. Yeah, I mean, especially because pirates were coming. So. Well, it's a very old tradition. Yeah, old town, it, it was yeah. like it was like a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, that um that they came back and so you know there's 
Yeah. Something about that movie. That's good. Those are good movies. The five. What was the other one? The uh, Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. Mm. The where the teenage girl werewolf flick. Yeah, that was an interesting one. I did not see that until like last year. Really? Um, yeah, and like because people love that movie. Yeah, like there's a big fun. The Suska Sisters. Is that who they? Is that? Oh no, they didn't do Ginger Snaps. No, no, no. I forget who. I forget who started that. Well, I don't know, but it's got that girl that's in the Sasuke sister oh, movies. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of, I think. I forget her name. Yeah. She's she's a foreign name also, I think. She that that film how old was I? I mean, I was I was early twenties, I think. I don't know. I just really connected in a way that it was kind of it was fresh, it was unexpected. It was a film. I, I can't remember how yeah. I heard about it or it came upon it, but it was it was shortly after because it was a Canadian yeah. film. Yeah, it was Canadian. I worked at Blockbuster for six years, so I might have just like saw that it came Probably. out. Probably. Um but there was just something fresh and unexpected about it. And, yeah. and um and I also loved uh, I didn't necessarily love the sequel. I really liked the third one, Ginger Snaps Back, but I liked how they kind of played with the concept of the franchise. You know what I mean? They really yeah, played yeah. with the concept in general and they didn't just like stick to a really, you know, straightforward timeline of like right. how this happened. I thought there was something really imaginative about that. And also like with Elvira doing, you know, the, the house on Haunted Hill or, uh, what's, what's the second Elvira movie? I forget what it's called, but you know, it's more like a period film and yeah, I really like how yeah. they kind of like throw back in that. Um, but that's another film that really like tapped into, you know, uh, an experience that, yeah. you know, that young women all go through and, um, tapping to a sort of personality, you know, outcasts, uh, yeah. sort of, um, uh, situation, how people can feel and the feeling the edge. I was, definitely an outcast in high school yeah um, yeah so I, was, I mean there's definitely an appeal there those girls like are having such a rough time and like man like i don't know maybe they that movie deserves more credit just because of when it was released like i don't think there had been a horror movie that really like did the 80s like sad kid turns into a wolf <laughs> since teen wolf right um, yeah but, or like just as the sad kid that like has to deal with the horror element. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that happened a lot. Well, and this character, like she had to deal with, like she was definitely suffering from like existential dread. Oh yeah. I mean, like life sucks, but like was for me, was something really empowering by that is that like the sort of the reality acknowledging that yeah, still overcoming it being like, okay, yeah, life sucks. Like, you know, to see, yeah. And, but it's like, but this is the situation. And so, you know, I'm just going to be honest about how I feel. And there's something really refreshing because there's so much, so many of the movies and so much of just life is about like, smile. It's okay. Life is great. Isn't it? It's like, no, not yeah. really, but that's okay. Like we can all be honest that like this is you know yeah existence could be really miserable. Absolutely. But, um, and so I just I just loved her character and I loved uh, you know that bond that they shared in that film. And actually, really thinking about because you were saying how they played with like the sequels and stuff, I feel like we're missing that lately. I feel like that's something we're missing. Mm-hmm. Like I, these new psychological, like really, really psychological films that they're making are great they're amazing but wouldn't you love to just see like i don't know like get out goes to hollywood or something like I, you know and obviously not that film because that, that movie's perfect as is yeah. but like but I Gonzo I miss, I, yeah, yeah like like fuck with it like yeah i mean we friday the 13th and nightmares are we we saw all yeah, these yeah, yeah. go like batch of bananas but um although i will say that the new halloween 
whatever oh, it's called. It's going to be interesting. Is, yeah, is kind of, I mean, I don't think it's going to go gonzo, but the fact that it is supposedly an alternate mm-hmm. reality where only the first one exists. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, that could be interesting. Why not play with that? Like the comic book movies can, I don't know why we haven't learned from comic books enough yet. Like it's insane. Like the fact that it took them as long as it did, which maybe it was a good thing. Cause without CGI, these would be fucking nightmares as seen by those old, like Captain America movies and all shit. those canon Marvel films. Yeah. Those are so fucking bad, yeah. but, but like we, you have to like accept that comics can get things right from time to time Mm -hmm. and one of the like one of the big things lately i'm realizing is like and it even took them a while you don't need to tell the fucking beginning of the story (sighs) yes you don't i don't need i don't need spider-man's backstory i don't need an hour and 15 minutes of that he's got spider powers and you could bring it in throughout it and you don't even have to tell the whole thing in the first movie because we don't need it yeah and i wish horror would like embrace that idea a little bit more and just embrace the like we're going to reboot it. Mm-hmm. And I know some people hate reboots, but like, just think about it as like a comic. It's like, they're just taking source material and they're just going to do their own vision. Who cares? Yeah. If it sucks, it sucks. Like, fuck it. Like, well, ideally sometimes yeah. the reboot is just like, this like pointless retread. Of course. And yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. a new fresh vision of a, yes. of an idea. Yes. Like I was <laughs> when they remade psycho and it's literally it's like scene for scene yeah. of the fucking first movie. What's the point? What's yeah. the point? But like evil dead, Right, that reboot or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. Like, listen, they're just trying to. These guys are making money. <laughs> Think about it like that. Like Sam Raimi got a check out of that, yeah. and who gives a shit? So, but I like that movie a yeah. lot. I, I really liked it too. And whatever people want to complain about, like, ooh, like I like Joe is an adamant like, um, why did they have to call it Evil Dead? Mm. It's like, well, I mean, it was the elements of Evil Dead, so who cares? And it's just, it's just going to be there. The it old ones aren't gone. Exactly. It doesn't take away. It doesn't erase. Right. Them. And in fact, Evil Dead specifically, I mean, Evil Dead Two is, is a, a remake. Oh, of, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Which I adamantly defended the second one as the best one for a really long time, and we actually just saw it in theaters, and I was like, I, I take it back. Oh then, wow! I was like, I really like the original. I, I, I definitely used a rewatch, but I mean, that's something that <laughs> I thought was really cool. Like, I was oh, like, I okay, yeah. we're making improvements. We're, we're <laughs> like, we're we're building on this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was cool, but like, yeah, I was super defensive of two as being the best, and then I rewatched two, and I was like, oh, because you blend so many of them. Like after right. going after not watching them for so long, you yeah. blend the elements between the yeah. two. And in the second one, there's like a fucking dancing skeleton. And I was just like, you know what, man, maybe I did it. <laughs> I was like, this is bizarre. Like yeah. this is bizarre, but I mean, it's, it's got, it's, it's got its things. I'm like a reboot sequel. I'm not against those. Like I'm not, I'm an apologist. Like I, I don't care. Like give them to me. Yeah. I don't care. I want to see somebody else's vision. Why do we have to just stick to and try? Just go ahead. Just go for it. Just right. try it because right. you never know. And I love just how cult films develop. I mean, the fact that like you know, I mean, that that over time films get a new yeah. sort of sense of well, like uh, Halloween three tonight. Yeah, you're he's showing Halloween three in Videodrome tonight. Halloween three is a movie that was fucking shit on so bad and honestly rightfully so really when you think about it but but it has gotten a resurgence now like if you go on twitter everyone loves halloween 3 and i think some of those people might be just 
almost contrarian, like the hipster right. style. I think, but well, Halloween three is the best. Halloween three is the best of all. Yeah, yeah. But it's like no, there's it's, it's it's not. It's it's, it's, it's just it's there. Different. It's there, and yeah. it's actually kind of good. It's yeah. weird and bizarre. Like, and really, the only issue that I would ever have with it is that again, like it's called Halloween three, right? And does not take place at all, which is a valid like criticism, but that does not reflect the movie itself. No, and so it's a, it's a, it's like we're having a conversation about something that is irrelevant to whether or not the movie's right. good. And so the movie just kind of got this unfair shake. Yeah, yeah, of being sure. like, all right, well, let's just look for at sure. it and base it on its own merit. Yeah, and actually, that's what when we did the episode on it, that's what I like tried to do. Like I was like. You can't, if you start out comparing it, being like, well, there's no Michael Myers, well, it's lost. Right. <laughs> it's not going to win. It doesn't get a fair shake. Um, I mean, there's some bizarre elements in that. For sure. Movie for its own purposes. But yeah, that's like the least of the worries. Like, And if that movie or that franchise had continued to go with an thought, like if Halloween 4 had been a new concept. That concept is amazing. It could have been really amazing. And Trick or Treat, I think, in a way, sort of kind of did that. Mm-hmm. And um, if we ever do get a sequel, then we'll you know continue that tradition. But it would I, I would have loved to seen a Halloween 4 that was... I mean, I do love Halloween 4 and 5. But uh, <laughs> if 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 the, the franchise continued to just change... That alternate universe. Yeah. The Halloween 3 universe. Halloween 3 2. Yeah, exactly. Halloween 3 3. 3.5. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah. that is... That's a great point. Like, that. that's actually something I don't think it gets credit for. It's like... They were like, we're going to go this direction. Okay. I mean, they didn't tell the fans that, I don't think. Yeah. I think it was like in like the studio head, which is cool. But like they didn't tell the fans that they didn't give the fans a heads up or anything. So they were like, what the fuck? Right. But I love that idea. I love anthology movies so much. Like they're so close to my heart. And then to consider to take to do it on a bigger scale, like one movie. Right. And then next year it's a different movie. I love that. I think movies like saw that were coming out every halloween Mm -hmm. i would have loved to have seen the same style the same feeling atmosphere but just a different story every year that would have been cool well i think the purge is probably the the the, i mean jigsaw's coming back this year but the purge has been you know uh kind of doing its own like every film is like a different story within the concept yeah and that's cool that's cool i mean i have issues with the purge uh I want to see, I don't know what I want to see. Cause you know, in the purge, there's always a scene where they're like driving down the street and they're like, Oh man, look at it out there. And they show all these scenes that you're like, what the fuck yeah, was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Yeah. I just saw two shirtless guys with battle axes. I want to see that more. Yeah. And they don't show you that. And that's what drives me nuts. Then they're like, okay, we're going to go over here and find guys with guns and yeah. i'm like ah oh, fuck no i want to see that or i think in the recent one there was like a tree with like people in all white being like hung from the tree oh my god like, holy shit i was like yeah, what's the story there like, that was the most terrifying thing yeah. i've ever seen and they just blow right by it and like that would always bum me out well, i think it's um i mean it's incredibly dark concept it's really messed oh, up yeah and I, I think that they don't tap into it enough either like like when you explain the purge to somebody, like if you like, you're like, oh man, some- that's fucked up. I'm in. Yeah, and you yeah. watch it and you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't quite like like get out. They don't it's hit it. Like yeah. boom. Could you imagine if like they did like a Get Out style purge? Like yeah. you're talking about probably like the most fucked up movie of yeah. all time. Yeah, because like, it really does hit uncomfortably close to home. Yeah. Um. Well, and then, then Blumhouse is doing the TV show where they do the purge every other day of the year, or they, you know they develop that story. So that could be interesting. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's an example of the, I feel like the concept is stronger than the execution yeah. at times. Um, although like, yeah, all those little, the little vignettes that you see throughout, like it, it could be interesting to do like a found footage, like, Dude, like vice, vice is doing like, uh, uh, uh covering the purge. And Dude, so you see, well, oh my God, have you seen, oh my God, it's called like the compound or the sacrament yes yes so genius yeah the most genius concept i've ever seen well so this i've always said the scariest film i've ever seen is a documentary called jonestown about the jonestown murders that fucked me up yeah really bad i remember one night it was like on pbs or something and (laughs) i was like my roommate was like i put it on i'm like oh what are you watching oh it's called jonestown it's about this yeah it's a documentary okay so i sit down and watch it and then he leaves like 15 minutes later and i continue watching it and i watch the whole goddamn thing and i'm and then again hearing the the speaker the recordings of you know him like convincing everyone to like you know drink the kool-aid and baby's crying and all that i'm like what the this really happened it fucked me up yeah. and so when the sacrament came out i was like oh god oh, no. at least like i know this is a script and this yeah, is, yeah, yeah but like it but they even they did a good job of trying to because i think they actually had someone from vice they actually used vices yeah they used vices logos they did and like i'm a found footage i don't want to say connoisseur but i'm obsessed with them and like all i want you to do i'm not asking for a lot but tell me why it's found footage yes right like i don't you need to have a reason why it was found. Yep. <laughs> and it has to be footage. It's not that hard. And for some reason, they just fuck it up constantly. I watched the new, the Blair Witch came on Amazon. Oh, shit. And I watched, I literally watched, couldn't have been more than two minutes, like literally 120 <laughs> seconds, where I was like, what? No, this makes no, I couldn't. I just, the it's concept brutal. of found footage was in, like lost in the first 30 seconds. So I was yeah. like, this doesn't make any sense. And why? It's not yeah. hard. No, it's not fucking hard. Um, but yeah, that, that, I thought that sacrament, they did it like amazingly well presenting it as news. And of course they come and get the footage. Like I loved it. I thought that was fucking amazing. Um, there was something else I was going to ask. I forgot we got so off track talking about like the purge and shit. Um, we talked about your favorite movie. We talked about Halloween three talked about, I think, I don't know, man. Fuck. Oh, t- let me ask you a question. Oh, sure. What do you think about Salem? Oh, I love Salem. Yeah. I love Salem so much. And I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show. Uh, I'm a huge Halloween fan, like just Halloween the season. Mm-hmm. the All three months of it? All three months of it. That right. In my house, mm-hmm. it's September, October, November. And my wife's not too keen on it. Uh, we just bought our new house. She liked it when we had an apartment. Like, she was cool with it. But now that we have a house, she's like, well, can't I put out, like, a turkey decoration? And I'm like, have you seen there's no Thanksgiving. fucking turkey. There's no fucking turkeys in this house, lady. I don't want a Capricorn. I want shit. I want the skeletons up. I want it. And I don't know if it's, like, a New England thing. I mean, now that Twitter's out, like, I guess it's not. Because I see our fans in California and stuff and how much they love Halloween. It just feels special up here. Like, it just feels different. And Connecticut's barely New England, so, like, I don't even get the full treat, which is why I love coming up here. 
I love the old towns yeah, yeah, in yeah, Halloween. Cobblestones, the air is crisp. The air is, dude. I was walking in my car, dropping off equipment today after the show. And I was just like, oh, so perfect. Like, yeah. this is perfect. Like, I don't want to leave. I really don't want to leave. Especially this time of year when it's, you know, when it gets to like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock night, there's still, you hear those sort of like the drunk people in the distance yeah, yeah. or this oh, weirdly quiet and shadows. And then, you know, it really is like, um, like in trick or treat that, that vignette where the, when they go into the parade, yeah, 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 just yeah, something, yeah. you know, there's something about the tradition of Halloween, it is. the mystery, the mystery and intrigue of the holiday. Who are these weird people yeah. like behind Matt? that are just like kind of standing you know in the shadows yeah. to freak tourists out uh it's just a sort of energy yeah. and and it's it's both it's weird how like what is scary and what is nostalgic yeah, like yeah, yeah. how i know that's really interesting yeah i think about that a lot too yeah. i think uh something that you know, i i had this really crazy accident car accident in june and brought up a lot of like weird shit and got diagnosed with PTSD all while like producing this, this horror festival. And you know, the best thing that I found in trying to like, just like confront my own psychological, Mm -hmm. you know, well-being, um, it was just to learn as much as I can about how the brain works and how emotions work Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And, and in, in doing so and just paying more attention and, and reading about it, um, I came across this, this stat that, or this, um, this, the fact of, of neurology that um, we develop our core behaviors and like view of the world between the ages of five and eight. Yeah. So that is like the most sensitive, vulnerable time of our lives psychologically that whatever happens to us around that and sort of reinforces how we view the world. Yeah. And I think for many of us who are exposed to horror yeah. around that age, it like it is oh, just no. sort of like it, it sticks with us yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know during that time we're are, we are still developing, and um, and so I think that if if you had a positive experience with horror, even if it scared you, yeah, I think yeah. that this is sort of it's almost how fetishes work too, right? Where it's like the the taboo is kind of exciting, yeah, yeah, and so it's there's a sort of weird balance where it's like. Yeah, that's fucked up, but it makes me feel like I'm a kid again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Ah, man, that just made me think like way too hard. Like I was just, I'm in like my own thoughts right now. Cause I was just like all the movies I was like trying to list, think of all the movies I watched from like five to eight and like how, how that impacted me. Like I remember Night of the Living Dead, Mm. the scenes at the end that are clearly meant to represent, uh, uh, like lynchings and racism in the South, yeah. but with zombies and stuff like that hit me hard at that age. Like I was like, that's the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Cause I knew I, I must've known at least a little bit like what they were depicting. Like even at that age, like I knew what they were trying to show. Well, me. even if you, you know, if you didn't know a full history lesson about the civil rights movement, you, you can at least see that the one person of color who's not like anyone else yeah. is being wrongfully like mistakenly yeah. killed and, and assumed to be a zombie. Yeah, yeah. And so even just the visual of that 
you know, you can put them together and be like, that's unfair. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's the only person who's different. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and so, um, just the basic visual level of that. And of course it's just, it's gruesome. You see his yeah. body taken out in hooks and it's just, it's really messed up and it's done in black and white and a style that was meant to be sort of yeah. documentary journalist. Uh, so a lot of things that are really brilliant about that film, which is why we kicked it off because uh, yeah. we kicked the entire festival off with that film because it was, um, I, I think a, a perfect film in what horror can uh, you know, represent and, and, and sort of the, the importance of, of horror in our culture 100%. is that 1968, I mean, he, George went to his grave saying that casting Dwayne Jones as Ben was not intentional, but you know, he, he would say it was simply the best actor of his friends, but when they've made the film and they finished it and they had it in the can, they're on the way to New York city to pitch it. News on the radio broke out that MLK Jr. had been assassinated. And in that moment, they knew our, the film had just taken on a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. And so you can have a film like They Live, when John Carpenter had a very specific thing yeah, to yeah, say yeah, about yeah, Reaganism. Yeah. And then you have Night Living Dead, which does have a great social commentary and political yeah. commentary in a lot of ways. And, and maybe he didn't intend to make it as, um, as provocative and specific to you know, the civil rights movement, but simply being a product of its time, that is still, you know, how art works is that, yeah. you know, it take it can take life of its own. Like Michael Meyer, you know, when the, the studio is like, oh, we'll, we'll just change the concept for three. Yeah. Michael Myers had already surpassed their expectations yeah. of what, you know, what the, what it represented to yeah, the, yeah. you know, the public at large. And so these films can, can grow into these, their own, you know, a life of their own. And, um, and I think that's, that's something really exciting, especially when you think about the, just the, the medium of film or photography in general, that you're just capturing light, you're capturing yeah. these moments. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. in a weird way, you know, even from like the specifics of just being on set, capturing, you know, that personality, that person in that day, yeah. like what was the rest of their day like, yeah, or that week, yeah. or what was like the weird accidents that happened on the set that <laughs> resulted in some of the most memorable moments. Right. Right. Um, and, and so now we watch these films, we look back and I kind of feel like the cinema is in a weird, this like celluloid Ouija board mm -hmm. where you've got these moments in time, mm -hmm. regardless of how manufactured they may be, yeah. just like every time you rewind and press play, it's like, they're just like forced to really live this like yeah, this little yeah, moment over and over yeah. again and um and and they're reflections of us because yeah. the screenwriter lives in a time in a place that they're influenced by and yeah. this is how they're expressing themselves the actors the filmmakers everything about it is just in some way a reflection of who we are who that person or those people are they're making it and I think that it's just a great exercise yeah. for fun and just a healthy thing for the mind to think beyond surface level. For sure. Like, yeah, yeah. And he, by the way, him saying he didn't cast Dwayne on purpose, it's almost like an even bigger credit because like he wasn't even that means he was not even fucking thinking about exactly. it. Exactly. Like he's just, just like, a, this was a person that that's what's so great about yeah. Ben's Ben is that that his the color of his skin has no impact, and that's why and that's why I think when it comes to conversations about representation, it's like it's not like we just want to like checkbox uh, you know all these different yep. people. It's like yep. no, we just want these people to have well-rounded lives and characters yeah. that just like make sense where they've got love interests and yeah. they've got day jobs and they've got like things yeah. going on yeah. beyond you know a casting agent being like check. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Dude, that that character is such a fucking badass, too. He really is. Such a badass. And then, what do you think of the 90s remake? I, I don't remember it. Oh, honestly. you don't? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I fucking I love, love it. I mean, I love Tony Todd. And he's great in it, yeah. too. Like, at, we, we, me and Joe had a conversation a few weeks ago about this, and we were both like, wait a minute, these fucking movies are incredible. I gotta rewatch it. Yeah, I remember liking it. I just don't remember much about it. Um... But yeah, and another thing that I love about Night of the Living Dead is I, I feel like Dwayne Jones and ben, ben, the character of Ben is a great parallel to President Obama. Ooh. I feel like you've got this person of color in a leadership position yep. who's just trying to hold it together <laughs> yes, yes. against all odds. <laughs> yes, yes. Throughout the whole movie, he's like, yo. Like, yeah, this is messed up, but this is what we're going to do. Stop being an asshole Dude. right now. You know what I mean? He's just like, and he just felt like that, that, you know, for all the criticisms that people can have about, about, about our former president, you, you just, there's no way that yeah, he wasn't yeah, yeah. just trying to do the best that he could yeah, with yeah, the circumstances yeah. that it was given, keeping cool under pressure. Yeah. And you've got this character where you're like, man, fuck. If if there's ever a zombie opera, I want to be with him. Dude, that's a, I, I, I can't even remember if it was on the show when me and Joe talked about it or not. But like I, you're saying exactly what I said. It's so funny to relate it to Obama, though, because it's like it's this dude. The fucking Ben is straight up like people are like, I don't trust you. You're black. And he's like, well, then get the fuck out. And who wants to be saved? And everyone's like, uh, me. Exactly. Like Everyone's like, I'll stay. I'll stay. The dude is so take charge in that movie. It's unbelievable. I love it. I love it so much. It's- he's just laser focused on solutions. Mm-hmm. And it's just like like what I said earlier yeah, about yeah. when in the events world where like things always go wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, the only thing you can rely on is something to be unreliable. Yeah. And you just never know what it is. And and in those moments, you just go, yes, and here it is. Yep. This is the situation I'm given. I can spend five minutes like cursing about it, or I can try to figure out what we're going to do about yeah. it and get to the solution faster. And that's what he does from start to finish. Maybe I that's think, why we like Ben. Yeah, he's just such an amazing role model. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps it cool. You know what I mean? He's totally really, cool. Like, he never loses it. Yeah. And then, of course, the great irony of it all is that he's just like mistaken to be one of them. And it's just so heartbreaking Dude. because you know, how much uh, how hard he worked to save yeah, these people yeah, yeah. um it's really heartbreaking yeah um and, and then of course uh, him being an accident you know sort of accidental you know um example of of representation mm-hmm. um that still i believe has value because yeah. it still gave so many people growing up especially people of color being like whoa he's the hero yeah this person uh, you know we did you know, up until the 1968 shining armor yeah it would be like legit like just trying to save everyone did not give a fuck how they treated him mm-hmm. like he was just like i love that movie so much now i have to go watch it yeah and the tradition carries a lot you know we had ken foree accept yep. the first ever salem horror award uh on dwayne jones part because um he you know in in dawn of the dead it's it's another similar situation where you've got a person in color in a hero role playing the badass just trying to hold it together save people's lives and you know get people to work together. dawn's the one in the mall right yeah i always get them mixed up yeah. and that's ken foray in that 
Yeah. How do you say his name? Ken Free. Ken Free. Yeah. Ken Free. Also, uh, uh, Keenan and Kel's dad. Dude, Joe <laughs> drops that like anytime he can. Oh yeah. Anytime we bring it up, he's like Keenan and Kel's dad. And that's. Like, I don't even know if that's accurate or not, but I'll let you go with it. We had him signing outside of um, this concert hall, where we had M. Lamar come and perform, and we're like, oh, we have Ken here. Let's like put out a booth and like you yeah, know. Try yeah. it. So we're all, like literally on the side of the street, and people are walking by, and there's these two, these two young women who are like across the street, just kind of like you know kind of like scoping things out from afar what's going on over there and we're like yeah you can come over come check it out and they're just like so they're like what's going on they're looking we're like hey you like horror movies ever seen don that no ever seen don of the dead no uh all right what about no they're just like being so weird and just kind of like looking everyone up and down what's going on over here and we're like Keenan and Cal, oh my god, you're Keenan and Cal's dad. They're flipping out, they're losing their shit, they're texting their friends. They ended up buying an autograph. And I'm just saying, oh, we're going insane. about this all wrong. Hey everyone, we got Snake over here. It's like Keenan and Cal's dad. Come on, that's so brought it up. Funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. He's awesome. He is awesome in Dawn of the Dead. And I was actually gonna bring that up earlier because that movie is that movie's really interesting because it probably had such a social commentary in the 80s with like the mall and shopping. And now it's like the opposite. Like kids are going to watch that in like 10 years and be like, what the fuck's a mall? Like, yeah. yeah. Why is every store in that mall? Like, what, the, <laughs> exactly. what the fuck is that? Is some kind of weird fish tank thing? Like, What's going on? Even when we were doing notes, I'm like, I'm, I'd be like, my notes for that movie were like, a fucking gun store in the mall? Are you kidding? And then I was like, wait a minute. You know what? Like, in the 80s, that could be. Got a wrap? Uh, yeah, I was just saying that looks All like right. the movie just got out. All right, cool. Uh, so, pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. This was super I, and fun. We'll be in touch again. Yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. Let's and keep hopefully doing you're this. doing another event. Oh yeah, there's Very more. Soon. There's more to come. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. And check it out, SalemHorror.com. That's it. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care.